0: Thank you so much for joining us for this message. Whether you're watching for the first time or you're simply catching up on a message that you missed, we're so glad that you are connecting to God's word today. Our hope is that as you listen to the message, you'll experience a real encounter with God. Please consider giving financially to support God's work through our ministry. You will find several options to do that by clicking on the word give in the menu on our website at KentwoodCommunityChurch.com. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: I'm gonna ask you to stand out of respect for God's word as we read it. You're welcome to go to Matthew chapter 14. We're gonna read verses 22 to 33. Matthew 14, starting at verse 22 through 33. I'll read the first. Angela will read the next with you following along. Hear the word of the Lord. Immediately after Jesus insisted that disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Verse 23.
0: After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone.
1: Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Verse 25.
0: About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water.
1: When the disciples saw him walking in the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost, verse 27.
0: But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here.
1: Then Peter called him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water.
0: Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus.
1: But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted.
0: Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me?
1: And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, verse 33.
0: Then the disciples worshiped him You really are the son of God, they exclaimed.
1: Let's pray. And I'm asking today, Lord, that the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts, will be pleasing in your sight. And as the prophet Samuel prayed long ago, we pray now, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And all God's people said? You can have a seat. Well, we are concluding today a series about why KCC exists. Why is there a church and why do we have a church? Our mission is very clear, it's to know him and to make him known. And I know with all my heart, the more we fall in love with him, the more we know him, the automatic response is that we will want to make him known. That's the reality. The more we know Jesus, the more we're going to want to make him known. We looked two weeks ago at the life of Peter as he fell yet back in love with Jesus. Remember the story in John 21, he'd already denied Jesus, he'd already failed, Anybody feel like they've ever failed? And he gave gave up and Jesus met him on the seashore and he asked him three times, do you love me? And Jesus, uh, as as he asked this question, Peter responded, you know that I love you. That relationship to know him was connected. And as a result, we're looking at Peter again to know that if we love him, we are going to make him known. And today I wanna call you out in a way that scripture calls us out to make him known. I wanna look at the life of Peter for a number of reasons because when we look at Peter for a moment, we see somebody that I think we all can relate with. He's not polished, he's so passionate, isn't he? Anybody like this, he talks too quickly, says the things he shouldn't say in the wrong moment. Anybody been there, done that? He's bold and he has a strong personality with strong opinions. One moment he's victorious and the next minute he fails he's always probably the one that nobody else would choose and yet we see Peter as somebody who's always in the mix mix of things he's always there where the action is occurring you remember Jesus when he started talking to the disciples and he said to them I'm going to die Peter it was Peter who pulled him aside and said Jesus I'm paraphrasing don't do that people don't follow a dead man (laughs) shouldn't have said that Jesus rebuked him and said, Satan, get behind me. You remember? Jesus asked the disciples, who do the people say I am? Then he nailed it. But what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter goes, you're the Christ. There he is again. Remember when they went up on the mountain and Jesus was transfigured? And in that moment, Peter has to speak. Let's build a, let's build a, a, a little shelter. Let's stay up on the mountaintop. How many of us have had that mountaintop experience and we want to stay there? There's Peter. Remember right in the last, we had just took uh, communion and Jesus talked about those were all, you're all going to scatter. Peter says, no, if they all run, I'll die for you. We know how that worked out. And Jesus, when he was washing the disciples' feet, Lassie, you remember? Peter's like, don't wash my feet, wash all of me. The man with somebody we can relate, relate with because we've all been there and done that. The reason why it's so important for us to see Peter is that when I start talking about what this topic is, which is what I would entitle water walking, some of us think that you have to be perfect. Some of us think you have to have it all together, that you have to have the Bible memorized and you gotta do certain things. And we see clearly from the life of Peter that you have to just be who God has created you to be, and He can do the miraculous through all of us. Can I get an amen? Now we have a boat up here, as you can see. Can you imagine? Can you imagine with me for a second? I love to do this in reading Scripture. In Matthew 14, we see that all the disciples are in the boat, and as they are in the boat, it says the waves start to come, and it's windy, and they are experienced fishermen, right? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Anybody been on the the water at three in the morning and it becomes rough? And these experienced fishermen are focused on saving their lives, right? In the middle of that, what happens? It says that Jesus shows up walking on the water. They're freaked out. Anybody else be freaked out? They were terrified. It's a ghost. And then Jesus said, it is me. Now, can you imagine? We hear the story of Peter getting out of the boat, but what if? In that moment, all 12 disciples said, let's get out of the boat. What do you say? Every single one of us. Do you think Jesus would have said, no, 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 no. this is only for Peter. The rest of you stay in the boat. No, I am convinced in that moment that if they all would have gotten out of the boat, it would have been the greatest story in the gospel. You would have had 12 disciples, including Jesus, dancing on the water in a miraculous moment. But what do we see here is the reality of the world in which we live in. They would have been dancing and Jesus would have been in the middle. Can you imagine it? What an incredible, in the middle of the waves and the sea and everything else. But I would tell you, when we look at this story, there is only one that got out of the boat. Everybody in the boat saw the waves, saw the wind, saw the struggle, and they're hanging for dear life under the boat. There was only one, his name was Peter, who saw Jesus in the middle of all of the distractions, just one, and today I'm calling you to a higher life of living. I'm calling you to be a water walker, but let me tell you, if in fact you decide to be a water walker and to make him known, because the only way we'll ever make Jesus known is decide we're gonna be water walkers. But here's the thing we gotta be aware of. The vast majority of us, as we look at a boat, the church is the boat. And the church says, stay in the boat where it is comfortable, where there's no risk, where there's no struggle, support one another. Hang on for dear life, stay in the boat. Not just the church people, but your family will say it. Stay in the boat. It's okay to love Jesus, but play it safe. Don't go out there, it's too dangerous. And I'm saying to you today, it is time that we become a church that is a resurrected church, not a survival church. You following me? A survival church only hangs on and only tries to figure out whether or not they're gonna survive. They're not worried about making Jesus known, but we have to do what he's told us to do. But realize when you get out of the boat, you will be in the minority. Everybody, good people stay in the boat. As a result, they never truly experience the life that Jesus has for them because it's not until you're on the water that you've experienced truly what it is to live life to its full with the adventure that God has for you. I believe that with everything I've got. Anybody else ready to get out of the boat, can I get an amen? Amen. You see, water walkers are focused on one, Jesus, just like Peter. They're focused on only pleasing him. When they get out of the boat, they realize they get to the heart of Jesus and they realize that God has a heart for the nations as an example because at the center of who he is. I'm calling us today to expect great things from God, to attempt great things for God. The day and age screams for men and women to become water walkers. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now I'll give you three actions that water walkers do we see from this story. The first one is, Engage Jesus continuously. Somebody say, engage Jesus. Jesus. Say it again, Engage engage Jesus. If you have your Bible open, look at verse 28. Peter shouts out to the Lord. Not Jesus to Peter, Peter to Jesus. Hey Lord, if that is you, have me come out onto the water. The miracle, that's a beautiful moment. Let me come to you. Do you know it's not just Matthew 14? The Bible is always calling us out. Come close to me, is it not? James 4.8 says, come near to me and I'll come near to you. Jeremiah 29 says, call to me and search after me with all your heart and you will find me. Hosea 6.6 says, "It's, it's not your sacrifice I want, it's your love. It's not your offering, I want you to know me. He's crying out, do you want to know me? And Peter was always engaging Jesus, wasn't he? He was there during the healings. He was there in the deliverance and the miracles. He was there in the transfiguration. He was there in the teaching. This all led to this ultimate moment where where Peter was walking on the water towards Jesus. Without engagement with Jesus, you'll never walk on the water. You'll stay in the boat because what you need to understand is that when you walk out of the boat, that's walking in the supernatural world. You are now in a moment that you cannot, but he can. That's when life begins. When you put yourself in a situation that only he can and I rely on him, does this make sense? But our culture, our church and our family says, stay right here, go to church once a week, give your tithe, send your kids to youth group, be a good person. And I'm here to declare there's nothing wrong with all that, but there's so much more. Can I get an amen? So much more to it. And he's saying, you'll never know because here's the problem. The problem is in the church, we bring up people who've gotten out of the boat, don't we? We put them on the stage. They tell us their water walking stories. And unfortunately, what we do is we sit in the boat the whole time and we live vicariously through them. And we cheer them on. And the Lord is saying to us today, wait a minute, engage me. I don't show favoritism. You get out of the boat too. Don't be a part of the 11, be engaged with everything. Jump out of the boat and experience what I'm talking about today. That's what he's saying to them. You see, the moment that Peter was engaged with Jesus on the water, he was transformed. I don't know about you, but I wanna be transformed today. Anybody with me? Transformed over and over and over again. You see, once we're transformed, we start begin to have the characters of Jesus. Water walkers, once they are transformed, engage Jesus, they start to engage where all of a sudden they start to love in ways that will even cause them pain. Once you engage Jesus, you will get involved with the messiness and the struggle of life. But in and of yourself, Myself included, we won't want to love that way. We've got enough stuff our own for ourselves. Does this make sense? I got a confession to make. I'm always making confessions up here. I was on a plane this week to South Carolina to speak at one of my alma maters, and as I was flying, there was this man that sat beside me, and I was like, "Oh Lord, this guy's going to want to talk to me." (laughs) And I do a talk. I talk for a living, right? I confess, and he was he was a little bit sensitive to germs and he kept wiping his hands with the gel and wiping his hands with his gel and wiping the hands with his gel, telling me how, look, everybody doesn't have their mask over their nose and we're all gonna die, blah, blah, blah. And I was just listening to him and hoping that he would have finished everything, hallelujah, try to get on with my sleep. Anybody say amen to that? No, don't say amen to that. What you talking about? And then what happens is he starts to share with me. Just came from Kansas, my dad just died. And I've been there and starts to share his hurt and his pain. He's lived in South Carolina 30 years, et cetera, et cetera. And I just started listening to him and loving him. And I I felt his pain and I just started loving him in the name of Jesus, right? And he says to me, hey, I have this. I wanna show you something. It's in the front of the plane. It's a Clint Eastwood photo. And I got it from my dad. And can you wait at the end of the runway? I'd love to show you this painting of Clint Eastwood. (laughs) I'm like, okay. And so, (laughs) is this is a part of loving, whatever. (laughs) So we get out and all the people are running around and he shows me Clint Eastwood. And I put my arm around him and I bless him. And he says, thank you so much. So insignificant, or was it? Wasn't nothing to you? can write home to mom about. But when you get out of the boat and you engage Jesus, you start to love even when you don't want to. Does this make sense? Let me say this to some of you right here and right now. Let's be honest. You've been hurt and you've been hurt bad. And as a result, you've learned how to survive. Those listening to my voice, you have put a layer between you and people and you know how to play the game. And only you and God know how you've put that protective layer. You only go so far in your love relationships because of that pain. You don't wanna go back to that pain so you've stopped experiencing what it means to truly love and make people know who Jesus is as a result. The reason why I know that's the case, I've had it myself. I shared the story over and over again. But when the gentleman I led to Christ in Azerbaijan died, I was not only mad at God, I was mad on several fronts. I couldn't go there anymore, can't experience that. But only God knew that I did this layer of protection. And it wasn't until I was in Detroit that I began to love somebody else that the Holy Spirit came down on me and said, you got to break those down, engage me, love me, and then I will allow you to love. Can I get an amen? You see, when you become a water walker, you will love. You don't need a degree. You don't need to have the Bible memorized. You just need an engagement with Jesus. And when you get on the water, I assure you, you will engage Jesus, because if you don't, you'll see what happens pretty quickly. We see it in the story. Water walkers not only are transformed by loving, but they are transformed by how they pray. You pray prayers that make you sweat. You with me? Pray, you're in the water, when you're in the water, those are prayers that make you sweat. It's either you, Jesus, or I sink. That's a great place to be. But that's not what America tells you to do. Have it all figured out. Have A, B, C, D. I'm saying sometimes God wants us to live by faith. Is that too scary for some? I'm not saying stupid, but by faith. You're with me. Sometimes he tells you to do things that you just think that is absolutely crazy. That's what water walkers do. That's why only a few of them do it. But those are the people that changed the world. Stop living vicariously through those people. It's time to get out of the boat. Can I get an amen? When we were in Azerbaijan, we prayed prayers that made us sweat and and, and saw God move. When the earthquake occurred and we survived, we started praying, and it was when we started praying that we saw a a church birthed. When we were in Detroit and we needed a building, it wasn't until we started praying and doing prayer walks that God said, that's your building, even though you don't have any money. And here we stand six, seven years later. God will do the miraculous when you get out of the boat and say, I can't, you can. Can I get an amen? He says, it's time to pick up your cross and follow me. Regardless, we must decide if we're truly loving Jesus, once that occurs, we will engage him regardless of what it looks like. So often we put conditions on Jesus, don't we? Jesus, I'll follow you, and we give him our list. Come on now. We give him our list. And then if he doesn't do or live up to our list, we get mad at him. Who are you and who am I to tell Jesus the way it's supposed to be? Come on now. He has a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more insight to know what is best for our lives. And I say to you, water walkers engage Jesus continuously. The second point I would say to you is this. Water walkers listen carefully for Jesus' voice. They listen carefully for Jesus' voice. Can somebody say, listen? Say it again, listen. Verse 29, if you're still there, he called out to Jesus and Jesus said what? Yes, come Peter. I don't know about you, but you need to know that you know that you know that Jesus said come when you're gonna do something that nobody's ever done before. You with me? You need to know that he said it So many distractions, right? So many distractions. The waves, the wind, the disciples scurrying, everybody talking and screaming. But in all of that, after after Peter called out, what did he do? He heard and he listened and he knew Jesus' voice. Many of us here today, we got all the distractions going on. We got all the things happening in our lives. And we simply choose not to listen. Life is full of distractions. Can I get an amen? I remember when my son, I discipled each of my kids in their 12 or 13 year age bracket for an entire year. And and my son's closing ceremony, we took him out into the woods with some men. And we did things that men do that some people would think was funny or bad, but we blindfolded him. And then I said to him, you have to listen for my voice and you have to find me. And all the guys are gonna try to distract you They're going to touch you and swing you around, but you have to knock all the distractions out and follow my voice till you find me. One of the guys even had the audacity to take a shotgun and shoot a shotgun. I didn't plan on that one, by the way, son. Sorry about that. Never thought that was going to happen. But get men out in the woods. They think they're Daniel Boone or something. I don't know, but look out. And he found me. We unblindfolded him. And I said, son... Life is full of distractions with so many voices all around. Know the voice of your father and listen in every moment and you will never, ever go wrong. Can I get an amen, church? Yes. James says, be quick to listen. Somebody say, quick to listen. And it says, slow to speak. Psalms 46, 10, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, are you crazy? Things are going crazy in my life. Be still, I'm a person of action. Come on, God, be still. Let me be God. Stop being God, let me be God. Let's see how this works out. Listen to me, Jesus is speaking to you right now. That is not the question. The question is, are you listening? Are you hearing him? He speaks through his word. Can I get an amen? Amen. He speaks through events in life. Can I get an amen? Amen. He speaks in worship and prayer like this moment. Can I get an amen? amen? He speaks through people. Can I get an amen? But most importantly, he speaks through the Holy Spirit, his spirit to my spirit that tells me what I'm to do and who I'm to be. Can I get an amen? The question is not, is he speaking? The question is, are you listening? And when you do hear, how do you respond? Do you respond with your excuse? What is yours? Moses's was, I stutter. Jeremiah's was, I was too young, I'm too young. Isaiah's was, man, I'm a cusser. What is your excuse? Because he's speaking to us today. We must simply understand that he's telling us to live your life with an adventure. When you get out of the boat, he's saying to all of us. He's not just saying to Peter, Peter, get out of the boat, put your name there. He's saying to you, get out of the boat and then you will experience, my whole purpose of this message is, you are called to be a water walker and to live life way more than you think you're living right now, so much more. I believe we're gonna get to heaven and we're gonna stand before God the Father and many of us are gonna realize that we're spiritual paupers. We were poor, because we lived so less than what he wanted from us. We got so consumed with whom? Us. We got so consumed with our struggle. We got so consumed with our pain that we missed the one who said, get out of the boat. I'm here to deliver you. Every single one of you, stop thinking as you hear those words, that's for somebody else. It's for you. Can somebody say amen? Are you listening to him? Are you listening to him? I'm a horrible listener. It's an acquired skill for me because I love to talk. And people who like to talk think they have all the answers. God bless my wife. So I get up really, really early in the mornings for one purpose, to listen and to know when I get up. You ready? This is the craziest thing. This is me from this scripture this is the day this is the day that the Lord has that the Lord has I will I will be glad and be glad this is if you know it, sing it
0: this is
1: When you get up and you start to listen and you really believe that this is the day that the Lord has made for you, that changes everything. I don't have to live for tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, Jesus says. I can live today in the middle of all I've gone because this day is the day that the Lord has made for me. And for you, what a powerful verse. When I was 17 years old, living in the country of Honduras, I was overwhelmed, couldn't speak Spanish, had no friends, trying to teach English. I couldn't even pass English in high school. And here I found myself. And I would get on my knees as a young Christian and I would say, this is the day you have made. For I am lonely and I'm overwhelmed and I want my mommy and all the rest but I, I got off my knees and I realized this is the day that the Lord has made. I started listening and it changed everything in my heart and my life. Can I get an amen? He wants to do the same for you. Three instances in my life where I was listening, praise the Lord, I was on my knees living in Colorado. I picked up a mission magazine and God said to me, I was listening, it is time for you to go to Azerbaijan. What? Azerbaijan, I couldn't even pronounce it. Praise the Lord, and there I went. I'm at Stony Creek Community Church, and I'm on my knees listening, thinking we're gonna plant a church in the city. And the Lord said, "'Do you have 20 seconds of courage left in you? I want you to resign and start that church. You want me? I'm listening, and here's what I realized. And then I'm enjoying myself, as you know. I'm in the middle of my sleep, and the Holy Spirit has the audacity to wake me in my sleep. Not once, but two times. And he had the audacity to say the word, Kentwood. And then said it again, Kentwood. Here's what I realized about listening. We get out of the boat and we think it's a one and done. No, if you live long enough, what you'll find out is you'll get back in the boat. And he's like, no, 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 back out here, oh Lord. I want to breathe for a second. On the water. Yes, sir. That's where life is. Am I listening? Are you listening? You with me, church? It's time for KCC to get out of the boat. It's time for us to stop saying, comfortability is the number one priority. Your number one priority is to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. According to the gospel of Jesus. It's time for us to rise up and listen that we have to make him known in our neighborhoods, in our communities. It's time to let us know that we have a variety of things that we are getting engaged with. We're starting an international fellowship for people that are immigrants in America, figuring out how we can come together and be a blessing to one another. We're gonna go back to Woodfield, our neighbors. Many of you served this summer to go back and serve and bless children. We're beginning to engage in Friendship House, just north of us, to be able to have meals with Muslims. Does that freak you out? Hand to hand that we just talked about. Love Inc., which is an organization that brings all of the churches together to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Streams of hope, it goes on and on and on. I am telling you today, we are not here just to know him. Once you get on the water, you wanna make him known. Can I, can I get amen? Now let me say it clearly to you, the early church, this body of Christ, this is common knowledge if you read church history, but this little band of people who were despised by all the authorities because they opposed paganism and polytheism and all the rest, but they did not change the world because they became like the world. There were five distinctives of the early church that set them apart, that made the church blow up, maybe six actually, six things that's common knowledge. The first was this, they were multi-ethnic. That was unseen in that day and age. Secondly, they were multi-economic. The rich were worshiping with the slaves, never seen in that day and age. Thirdly, they believed uh, ethical uh, uh, morality of sex was between a man and a woman in a lifelong marriage until death do you part, which was unheard of in Rome. Fourthly, they were engaged in protecting children as children were being thrown out in their ability of abortion and all along the street sides and the early church was picking them up and caring for them. Number five, they said, we will not pick up violence. We would rather die than kill somebody else. And number six, the power of the Holy Spirit was present. I wanna be a part of that kind of movement. Anybody else? We need to be somebody that is attractive. They were attractive to that day and age. They looked at them and said, what is this? And it was all through the power of the Holy Spirit that caused it. Does this make sense to anybody? They were listening. The key point is water walkers listen and hear Jesus call to them. He's calling. Last point is simply this. Water walkers risk without fear for Jesus. Water walkers risk without fear for Jesus. Somebody say all for Jesus. Say it again, all for, Jesus. all for Jesus. So we know here's the key today for you all. I gotta get back in this thing, God help me. <laughs> you all think I'm gonna fall, and you can't even listen to me. You're like, he's for sure gonna fall. Verse 29, come Peter. And what does Peter do? While the others are holding on, Peter does what? Can you imagine? The waves, the wind. People don't walk on water, nobody's walked before. Nobody's walked since, as far as I've heard. And here's Peter. He steps out and he's now on the water. Here's the point. You can't become a water walker until you get out of the boat. Is that too deep for somebody? You can't become a water walker until you get out of the boat. And then you see this incredible moment where he starts to sink and he got his eyes off of Jesus. And preachers preach about that all the time. And I'm like, wait a minute. Who cares that he sank? Jesus said immediately rescued him, rebuked him, but only one experienced the adventure of water walking. I would rather mess up, learn and grow than stay comfortable in in a boat. I wanna make my life unwilling to risk and see God do what he needs to do in my life. His eyes are fixed on Jesus. Peter was willing to die. Are you willing to do this? You remember the story of the 12 spies, 10 and Numbers 13, we can't do it. They're too big, they're giants, stay in the boat. Two, Joshua and Caleb, we can do this thing. We hear so many bad uh, news around us and how messed up it is. I'm here to declare to you, the darker it is, the greater the opportunity for the glory of God. Can I get an amen? We must believe this with everything we've got. Are you willing to take a risk in my own life? When I was in South America in Colombia and I, God gave me my life, verse, Acts 20, 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Simply put, Philippians chapter one, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And it wasn't until I had a variety of experiences that that was tested from guns to people shooting at me that I really was able to say with everything I've got, I wanna stay on the water. I'm invincible until it's time to go home because I'm in the center of God's will. Jesus and me on the water, everything around me going crazy. But I believe that God is saying it's time for us to rise up and realize it is possible for us to understand this. And here's why. Peter knew Jesus as Lord. Lord means he controls everything in my life. If you only know him as teacher or rabbi, that can stimulate you and spur on an intellectual discussion, but it will not change your heart. Peter knew that he knew, and as a result, he was willing to get on the water and say, I trust you. Water walkers, let's start to dream. What do you say? Let's start to risk rather than stay in the boat. Kentwood, the areas around West Michigan They're crying out to be seen, heard, and valued and loved. If we're gonna make him known, it will only happen unless there's a group of us that are willing to say, I want to be a water walker, never to stay comfortable, to stay on the water, stop going back in the boat. Some of you have been on the water, but you just find yourself sitting here listening to me today. You got back in the boat and you didn't even know it till this moment. It's time to get back on the water. I don't care your age. I don't care your situation because I know the God that goes before you is the God that's behind you and the God that will provide for you. Can I get an amen? Amen. We must be willing to risk everything for him and the impossible. And Jesus said, don't worry about your life. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. He cares for all of them. Peter was the rock in which the church was built and the gates of hell will not be prevailed, will not stand against it. The key point is the world is waiting for a man or woman to live radically secure in Jesus and thus risk it all for him and get out of the boat. On Friday night, as I conclude, we prayed. There was a good group of you here because we pray that, that once a month and we started praying for the seats. I don't care about numbers, but I care about people. So on your way out today, we are going to be giving you these invitation cards, five each, that you would begin to invite your friends, your family, and say, you know what, you have a challenge? It, it, it's, there's one answer, because here's the answer, you guys. Whether, wherever, whatever people believe, wherever they are, at, at the end of the day, the answer that we have for our lives is that we were created for a relationship with God. We all were created for, we were created in the image of God for a relationship with God, and people are waiting It's time for us, at this season of our life, to become the hands and feet of Jesus and to be, not wait, but all of us start to invite people and love people and and engage people. Can I get an amen? Amen. Decide, now's this decision to get out of the boat. Are you listening to him? Stop playing it safe. I want you to bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you would have your moment with us as we conclude today, and you would truly give us exactly what we need, and you would enable us to know what it means to follow you every moment and every day. And I'm asking the Lord that you would speak because your servants have been listening.